Welcome to another episode of Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Let's get to the show. We've got a a little bit of a different one coming to you today. We had a real-life event happen this last week in the area that was a little scary, to say the least. And uh, we're going to talk about that today and talk about what it means for us moving forward as Christians and how we deal with the things of the world. And I'm going to kick it over to Nasty Nate right now, and we'll talk a little bit more about what actually happened this week. Um, Nate? So, yeah, Monday got a phone call from my oldest uh, from her classroom, and uh, it was about noon, I think, and she called, and she was very panicked and very much there's so much worry coming from her voice because they weren't serving pizza that day yeah it was bad oh. no um apparently there was a school threat going around and the students were it was all like it seemed to be all secondhand information but the students and the teacher were unclear on what was going on but to them it sounded like there was a school shooting getting ready to happen or already happening. And they were, they were trying to y'all figure it out. Anyways, Caitlin was calling me and saying, dad, you, you need to know about this. And I was like, okay, what do you, what do you, what can I do? What do you want me? Nothing. We got the, the classrooms locked down and all that stuff, but uh, I don't, I don't know what's here. Let me let you speak to, to the teacher. And I was like, okay. And so I spoke to the teacher and the teacher's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's happening. There was a, there's a, social media thing that, that went around that, that said that there's a school threat. And, uh, at that point, the, uh, supervisor had sent out an email already to the parents. So I'd already just read the email and he was basically saying, you know, right now it's just all hearsay and we don't really have anything validating this threat, but we are taking this seriously and looking into it. So I kind of had a heads up already, but it was, it was heart wrenching to hear my daughter be in, in such a place of fear, you know. And uh, it turned out the next day that it was all a hoax. But so let's dive into real quick how how did all the students randomly find out about this? Right. So I was I was, was going to pedal back to that in just a moment. But first, I, I was going to state like it's it's great having a, a body of believers that you can turn to in the midst of a crisis yeah you know because at, at that moment on monday it did seem like a crisis sure the the supervisor superintendent whatever was saying hey parents you know basically we got this this this, this is under control but we just want to make y'all aware but it's still a scary thing especially once you get that phone call from your child and your child is clearly scared and and she's behind a locked door and the teacher is a little panicked and you know you got students and teachers on on high alert at this moment and you're a parent that's at home in my situation i was at home and i really had no course of action like they're like don't come to the school just stay home you're you're better off there we're better off here you know um and so it was good in that moment to kind of shift your brain to Okay, instead of sitting here and just panicking and worrying about this, I'm going to send out to the core family and friends and say, hey, let's lift these people up in prayer. We're not quite sure what exactly is going on, but 
you know, we, we definitely need the Lord in, in this situation. So yeah, the, the next day find out that it's a hoax and it was all originated from a student. Uh, I guess I'm not going to give too much information because it was an ongoing investigation, but they did find the student and he did go to a local school in the area and he had just basically sent out on social media uh, with his phone, this threat saying, you know, basically there was going to be a shooting and, you know, get out of the school if you can type thing. It yeah. seemed like it had like, uh, like gang connotations too behind right. it. There was uh, the text going out, I think spoke about, you know, how certain groups of people, you know, needed to be ready because they were going to get attacked. And if you didn't want to be, you know, no, whoever was in the way was going to get hurt essentially was what the text said. Right. So go home at 12, yeah, so go, go home yeah. if you can. Otherwise yeah. you're, you run the risk of being shot too. Right. And, uh, and I yeah. think it's a, something like thanks at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the very last one, it was like, you know, Hey, good luck. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, when we got that text message, you know, of course it's, go into prayer mode you know it's mm-hmm. like pray for the situation and then like you said it's how can you help and um then you and i were talking a few days later and it was like you know how do we approach this in society like how do how do we keep you know because when you and i were growing up the, the big one at least when i was in high school was bomb threats mm-hmm. you know and it was one of those things like we used to do bomb threat drills and stuff like that um, cause of after the Oklahoma city bombing and all of those different things that happened in the nineties. Um, it was just like, you know, bomb threats were the big thing. Somebody would call it in and then you'd have to go and, you know, go to your safe spots and all these things. Well, with the shooting, it's a lot different, right? They get locked in the classroom. So like, you right. can't go anywhere. You, you feel like you're almost, you know, you gotta get lucky a little bit. But the question that we raised was, you know, back in our day, we didn't have text messaging that was like, everybody in the school now sees this hoax so that there's like panic. It's like, it's like if somebody yells fire, then everybody starts running for the exits. Yeah. And so we were like, well, how, how do we manage this in society now when kids at the age of 10, 11, 12 are all seeing this on their phones throughout the day? Yeah. Cause back in our day, like you were saying, like this just would, would have been another day at school. Nobody would have been the wiser. You would have had to have gone home and logged on to Facebook or whatever was around at that point on MySpace and, you know, then see the threat. And by that point, it's just like, oh, well, I'm not there anymore. Yeah. So, but, but then that, that also led me to talking to some parents at my oldest uh, daughter's soccer practice. And one parent chimed in with a story that, that had missed me. I, 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 it didn't pop up on my radar, but there's this, um, this man in what was it Delaware that was that was on Roblox and he posed I guess as a as a kid, uh, but he got accused of befriending an eleven year old girl online. He kidnapped her and was found more than one hundred miles away from her home across state lines. So he, he he went from Wayne, New Jersey, which is where she lived, to Delaware, which is where he lived, and and luckily he was found within a short amount of time but you know it just goes to show like these are our children are online in social media thinking nothing about what they're doing but they're interacting with people and they're getting this dopamine feed of using this electronic device 
and and they think that they're having instant conversation and on the other end of it it could very well be a 40 year old male or right. whatever that that does not have your child's interest at heart right so so then that led us to pose the question of how do we work in a world that's so full of technology to protect our children not only in the physical but also in the spiritual and that's kind of what i think we're going to lean into and talk a little bit about today I think uh, Nathan also watched some good documentaries and stuff like that leading up to this conversation, and we're just going to kind of get into it. We're going to talk about it. Um, We're going to talk about some personality traits that we can continue to teach our kids to also help them protect themselves, and just you know what we can do to also to not just prepare them for the world, but also to prepare their spirit. Documentary I watched was I found it pretty good and pretty informative, and it definitely didn't go entirely in the direction that I expected it to go. I'm trying to find the title of it. Uh, it was Childhood 2.0, The Living Experiment. Man, look at you. Social Media Dangers documentary. That's, I should, should have just checked my text message. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was basically uh, these parents being interviewed and their, and their children being interviewed about, you know, the, the cell phone and, and its, its role in society and, and, do they feel safer that their kids have cell phones and do the kids like the fact that they have cell phones and the kids themselves, which was the the more interesting part of the, of the interview, in my opinion, uh, was what the kids thoughts on it were. And I kind of expected them to be like, yeah, having cell phones rad and I love it and stuff. But a lot of these kids were just like, you know, it's cool at first, but then you really kind of get this negative energy from it. Like you, you just kind of feed into it all day and it, and it puts all sorts of thoughts in your head. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. This person didn't like this thing that I posted. This person didn't like that thing. Um, I, I, I don't have that many followers. This friend of mine has more followers. Oh, should I post that? I just did this, you know, like, like what's going to get the likes. It's really interesting that you said that too, because I was listening to Bobby Bones of all the shows yeah. like earlier this week, and they were having a segment on there that was talking about this almost exact thing that one of the top search things for teens, especially, it's all anxiety driven, and it's all like, does this person like me? Mm-hmm. You know, does my friend act, are they actually my friend, or why are they my friend? It's all this self doubt, and I think a lot of that does come from the fact that we have this instant dopamine that we get every single second of the day through social media. And, and, you know, we are fortunate enough to have lived a life with before it, but that doesn't mean we also don't succumb to it at times ourselves. One of the, one of the people in the interview, one of the adults had said that, um, that scrolling sites like Facebook and whatnot, you know, where you, it, it's almost like a, like a gambling addiction, um, it's, it's like that slot machine feeling like you, you, you pull down on the wall, right. And then you release and all of a sudden new stuff populates onto that wall and you're hoping for something that's going to make you feel good or that's going to make you feel like your time on that platform is worthwhile. Make you interested again, make you interested again. It's just like pulling the lever of a slot machine. You know, you're, you're, you're hoping that you'll hit that jackpot and, and that you'll feel great about it and, and. You'll hear that you'll hear the good sounds and the the pretty the yeah. pretty stuff that comes down on the screen. So I know this with Caitlin, <clears throat> y'all were getting ready to give her a cell phone, and there was talks about it. She currently has it as just a active calendar for herself. Has this changed your perspective at all about 
do you think it's too soon? Because in, in my opinion, before you answer, let me just give in my opinion of it, is that, you know, these kids are 10, 11, 12 years old. Do they need to be panicking while they're at school over this stuff or allow the authorities, you know, to to let them know, hey, now you can contact your parents, right? Right. And, and with having the cell phone so accessible, and, and there's even classes today that require you to have apps on your cell phones. Right. And apps on your computers to do the classes. Absolutely. I was just about to mention that. Yeah. yeah. And so I think at a time we kind of push that a little too far to distract from what education actually is supposed to be. And that's supposed to be teaching our kids. And now they have all this access to everything, everything good, but also everything evil. Well, it's bad enough that our children feel like they're not as cool as their friends because they don't have a cell phone. You know, it, yeah. it's even worse when the teacher's like, okay, students pull out your cell phone and go to this website or whatever. And it's just like, I don't have a cell phone or, you know, there's one, uh, Jen had gone to go pick our oldest up from school after hours. And the teacher came to the door and was just like, well, why don't you just call your child? And she's like, cause my child doesn't have a cell phone. I, I would like to speak to my child. And, and she's just like, Oh, well it's, it's easier if you're able to, call your child it's just like well it's not I, I don't have to give my child a cell phone you're making it sound like because my child doesn't have a cell phone i'm being penalized like that doesn't make sense yeah yeah i mean we we used to have pay phones at school that if we absolutely had to or even the office like we were able to go into the office and right. make a call if we had to and it seems like there's still options for that because caitlin not having a cell phone was still able to contact you. Right. You know, all the other kids were panicking, freaking out, texting their parents. But then, you know, you were still able to be contacted by your daughter if mm-hmm. she absolutely needed to. And I think we still have that accessibility. But we give way, like, we put the pros of having the convenience of a cell phone and the internet and all the knowledge that we could want at their mm-hmm. fingertips way above the cons, I think, too many times. And it just puts our kids at danger. So back to your question about Caitlin and cell phone. Um, prior to middle school, prior to her being in middle school, my answer was absolutely not. She, there's no, there, that's dumb. She didn't need a cell phone. But now in middle school, she's got all these after school events that she's doing. She's got things that pop up during school that she wants to continue to do at school, after school, and so she does have reason to be able to contact us whenever she wants to. And if the school is making it difficult for her to do so, then yes, I see the benefit of her having a cell phone. However, I, it would have to be a a dumb phone in my opinion. I think that, I think if she's going to be taking a phone outside of the house, it needs to be a phone that doesn't have access to the internet. Like a flip phone. Yeah. A candy bar phone, a flip phone, whatever, you know, just something that, that there's no way to get on the internet. And, and I, 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 saw that there are uh there are companies that that have cell phones where you can you can limit the numbers on the cell phone you can program like two phone numbers and then the rest of the cell phone just doesn't work at all yeah and uh she does she was gifted a cell phone um an iphone 8 and we have been trying to give her the opportunity to prove that she's responsible enough to use it and so we held on to it for the longest time. And then I finally decided that we need to just give it to her, but with caveats. And so I went into the phone and it, it, unfortunately, I've got it with me, but it's dead right now. So I can't show you, but 
I went to the phone and I basically locked every single program in there except for the calendar, the notes. She's got like a limited four hour window with Safari in case she needs to do schoolwork or Google something um, in the calculator, but that everything else, like she doesn't have access to the app store to YouTube, Netflix, Facebook, none of that stuff. Uh, and I feel comfortable with that. I, I feel good about that. And I'm able to lock the cell phone so that she's only able to use it from like 5 PM till 8 PM, you know, and, and we're able to, in those after school hours where you might need to pick her up, mm-hmm. you know, something, something in the well, schedule may change or. So the iPhone, we're not allowing to leave the house. Gotcha. The iPhone doesn't have cellular access right now. It's, it's just, we want her to prove that she's responsible with it because she's recently lost like a retainer that was like super expensive. Like a day after we told her she needs to be more careful with her retainer because she almost lost it. And then the very next day she throws it away in the trash and we, we had to drop $250 to go and get her this new (laughs) retainer. And so we, we don't want to give her something else. She, She doesn't know where her glasses are that we bought her recently. Uh, she just keeps getting these things and misplacing them and she's not able to find them. And, and unfortunately for us, they're, they're expensive things, you know, and, and they're not easy to just go and replace like, Oh, you lost it. Well, no biggie. We'll take care of it. It is a biggie and it does hurt when we have to go take care of it. So we are, we, we are trying our best. I believe we're trying our best to give her a chance to show that, that she can keep track of something. And that's why the cell phone is is an at home thing only for right now, and and we told her like the more that the more that we see that you're, you know, helping out around the house and getting getting your chores done and and able to keep up with your cell phone, uh, and your retainer and your glasses, the more that we'll unlock on the cell phone, so you'll have more freedom with it. Right. But we also want to trust that when we do unlock these things on the cell phone, we can feel comfortable that you're not going to be going onto websites or, or social media platforms that we're not comfortable with you being on. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, a lot of that too is like the relationship you have with your cell phone, right? Like in so many ways, the relationship that we have with our cell phones can either connect us or disconnect us from reality. And we want to make sure that we're still living in reality, living in the moment, being a part of what's actually going on and taking place and not just sitting there and getting social media dopamine hits yeah, there's this concept of screen time versus real time. You yeah. know, it's like the more time that you're spending on the screen, the less time you're spending having real interactions with people. And the the what is it? The the human brain doesn't stop developing till like the age 24, 25. And at this age in my child's life, like she's at the peak of it developing and and everything that she interacts with is is playing a part in her growth and development and if she is just sitting mindlessly in front of a cell phone you know day in and day out then then that's what her brain is adapting to and and that becomes a crutch for her and and a hindrance to her later in life yeah in my opinion so then the question that i i don't know that we've answered yet that we did pose was how do we protect our kids in this type of world you know, how, how do we protect them from these kind of things? I think part of it is like what you're saying, you know, we can limit the access, but that can't just be something that we do as parents. 
it's also got to be this has to be like a wake up call for some of the school district too. like, hey, you know, maybe we're a little too laxed in this kind of way, you know, that kids are able to get this and panic and freak out. Like I remember back I was in uh, 10th grade when September 11th happened. Mm -hmm. None of us knew that September 11th happened until our teachers were like, hey, this is what's going on. This is something that's big enough in the world going on that we're going to kind of pause what's going on at school to let everybody involved in this know. Because there were so many people involved in 9-11. For me, it was a challenger mission. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. And so it's like you had all of the, you have these big events that take place that, yes, I do think sometimes should take precedence. And had this become something that the authorities had figured out, okay, this is more than just a hoax. We need people to contact their parents. That's when I think it's accessible. Mm-hmm. But when we when we continue to have our classroom say, take out your phone and go to this website, I think that's I think that's way too much uh, leniency with what we give our kids in class. My wife was a substitute teacher for a couple years, and uh, it was the hardest thing being a substitute teacher going to a class because all the kids ever were doing was getting on their cell phones, and you know. I remember, I, I don't know if you remember, but when I was in high school, we didn't respect our substitute teachers. They were just a, a warm body taking place in the classroom. Now, granted, we still did our work and we still had to do because we didn't have a cell phone to get on. Mm-hmm. But we would get our TI-83 calculators out and play games on them that we had learned how to download. But we wouldn't, you know, it's just like, it's it's hard being a teacher, hard enough being a teacher, but allowing that access to digital the way that the world has kind of gone to I just think makes it even harder to teach the kids. So on that, Proverbs 4.23 says, Be very careful to keep your mind safe. The thoughts that you think make you the person that you are. And it is, it's obviously our job as parents to guide not just our own thoughts, but our children's thoughts as well. So yeah. that, that does tie back into you know, what we're still, what we still have on the table, which is how do we, how do we go about protecting this and uh one of the one of the I, I, one of the videos I, that I was watching in in my youtube rabbit hole yesterday was this father that said you know yes my children have a cell phone but we didn't give them the cell phone we we let them know that this is our property and they're free to use it but if we want it back they need to give it back to us because it's ours it's not theirs and i think that's that's a problem that that a lot of parents face is that they give their children the cell phone so the child thinks well this is my cell phone you have no right to go through it or to look at it or to check up on it you know because it's my property and if you just if you just went from it from a different angle and and said hey this could be a useful tool for us to get a hold of you and for you in certain situations and we want you to have this or to 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 hold on to this for us. And then we, you know, but, but we, it is ours. So we do get the opportunity to take it back and periodically go through it. Should we feel we need to. Right. I think, uh, okay. So we're going to, I think shift this a little bit down to talking a, a little bit spiritually about how we can prepare kids. Um, and we were talking about, you know, the social media, the instant gratification, the dopamine hits that we get, and I think one of the things that we tend to forget and one of the most important things that um, children that we need to instill in children is that they do have an identity and um, 
they need to know what that identity is. There's a lot going on in the world right now about identity confusion. And I think the question that we have to pose is before we know who we are, we have to know whose we are. Yeah. You know, we have to understand that, you know, we belong to God. If we don't believe that um, we belong to God, then we're going to do things in our way and not in his way. Uh, Psalms 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord and all it contains, the world and those who live in it. So <laughs> it's I think it's really important that we establish that identity in our children um, because the enemy knows that if he can blind us from who God created us to be, you know, the, the individual person, the uniqueness that he created us to be, then he's going to be able to keep us from doing what he created us to do. And so I think first and foremost, we really have to help our kids know who they are in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, <clears throat> and that, that I think is the basis of everything. And that really leads into, uh, them understanding what good godly character is. You know, godly character can only be developed once we understand who we are in Christ. Um, character to, gives us stability. It gives us accuracy on the difficulties that we navigate in life. Um, and it's one of the things that the world kind of says, it's not that important. You know, and, and we sit there and we look at that and, yeah, it's just, man. You have to, you have to, we have to instill in these kids good character that we're going to have integrity, humility, conviction, a servant's heart, willing to go out of our way for each other, you know, and just teach them those kind of things. And they're going to learn those things a lot easier if they don't have a screen directly in front of their face. If they're, if they're, I don't want to say forced, but like back in our childhood, you know, like. Like if we wanted to entertain ourselves, we went outside and we went door to door until we found that kid that could play. And then we grabbed that kid and went and found another kid. And before you knew it, we had a posse and we're running around the neighborhood. And, and you know, the reality is that, that nowadays you're probably, your kids are probably safer playing outside in your neighborhood, you know, unsupervised than they are being on a phone unsupervised. Yeah. And that's the scary reality of, of yeah, I mean, like your example of the Roblox you know, this, this girl met this guy from a hundred miles away yeah. by playing Roblox and then ended up getting kidnapped by this guy because kids don't know. They don't, this is going to lead into the next thing about relationships, but they just don't, they don't have a filter. You know, they don't know when to say, Oh, I shouldn't say this. You know, I shouldn't say this to this person. I don't know them well enough. Mm-hmm. And that's where us training them up. Proverbs 22, six, train a child up in the way he should go. And when he grows old, they will not depart from it. We have to train our children to understand, you know, stranger danger is a lot different now than it was back when we were kids. You know, mm-hmm. we used to do the whole don't get into a car with somebody after school that doesn't know, you know, that you don't know. Right. Now it's like you meet people online every single day through video games, social media, all of these things. But, you know, that's the same exact thing half the time as getting into a van with somebody mm-hmm. because you start sharing your entire life with them. And that brings us to talking about relationships. I know we talked about the relationship to the phone earlier, but the relationships that we make in life can also connect or disconnect us from Jesus. First Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled that bad company corrupts good character. 
And so the thing that we have to try to instill in our kids is try to be the influencer, not the one being influenced. Mm -hmm. And that'll just help create an even healthier environment for our kids to be in. Yeah. I mean, uh, Proverbs 22, six, if you teach children the right way to live, they will not forget it when they're older. And that's just, yeah, that's a different, uh, what, what version is that? The easy version. Okay. Cause that's the same as what I just said. Just mine was the NIV. Oh, okay. Yeah, train a child up in the way he should go, but when he grows old, he will not depart from it. But I like the way that read. Read that again. I like the way it read. If you teach children the right way to live, they will not forget it when they are older. Right. I like that. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it says it a little straightforward, a little yeah. easier to understand, especially, you know, for a child. You know, if you want to, if you want to go over scripture with the children and, and let them know, this is why I'm telling you these things. You know, that's a lot easier for a child to understand than, than train a child up in the way you should go. When they grow old, they will not depart from it. Right. You know? So when I get older, I'll understand. You know, mm-hmm. I'll stay this way. So we've talked about, you know, setting up our kids' identity. That identity then leads to good character. Because if we have an identity in Jesus, we have a character in God. Um, then we talked about relationships and how to teach our kids to form those relationships properly so that they can be the influencer and not be influenced by the world. Mm -hmm. So then the final thing that we really want our kids to know, and and again, this is, we've talked a little bit about how to protect our kids in the world, but this is how to protect their spirit. You know, this is how we know that if, if there is something that happens that's outside of our control, our kids are going to be okay, whether in this world or the next, Mm -hmm. you know, this life or, or the one that God provides in the afterlife. Um, and that's their purpose. You know, what what's matters most? What's the point of my life? And that's what I think a lot of kids nowadays, especially in the social media world, like we were saying earlier, they, they struggle to find that. You know, they struggle to find what's my purpose. Do my friends like me? You know, is our, is our purpose to be a 11-year-old soccer player goalie? Is our purpose to yeah. be, you know, hanging out with our friends but the thing that our kids need to understand and the things that we got to do a really good job of teaching them is that we all have the same purpose and that's to live a life that glorifies Jesus to live a life that in everything that we do glorifies him in Jeremiah one five, it says before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I pointed you as a prophet for the nations. So we have to not only prepare our kids for, for everyday life, we have to prepare them for spiritual warfare as well. And, and to be a beacon that says, okay, well, they look different and it's a, it's attractive. And, you know, how can I also look different in that way? So ultimately I think, you know, we have to prepare kids for the atrocities of this world. Yeah. So the easy, the easy version says, I already knew you before I made you inside your mother's body. I chose you to be special before you were born. I chose you to be my prophet, to speak my message to other nations. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think back to Columbine. You know, we're, we had this, ho- this hoax this week that was, Luckily, you know, it was scary. Jo- it, it was scary. It was a joke. It was, it was something a kid who's in major trouble for now did. Major, yeah. 
and it was really scary and it's it was really close to home and really real and the, and the thing that we have to remember while we're sitting here talking about this is this has been an actual real thing for many people for many years now mm-hmm. and it makes me think back of columbine there was a story of the shooters going around columbine that broke into i think a library and a girl was standing there and he said do you believe in god and she had the ability right then and there to say no Right, I remember, yeah. But she says yes, and she got shot down and killed. And the thing is, is that girl, yes, why it is tragic and so sad. It reminds me of what Jesus said on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. She is now with Christ, and we want to set our kids up so that we can make sure that if something were to happen that's out of our control, Mm Mm-hmm. We know that they're going to be with him in paradise the day that something like that may eventually happen, whether it be in a young age, unfortunately, or whether it be in their 80s, 90s, 100s, however old they live to be. We just want to make sure that we're doing that for our kids. Right. So sin separates us from God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Because of that sin, we need grace. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. And the answer for that grace is Jesus. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus called his disciples, and he said simply to them, he said, follow me. So when we get into times of hardship, when we have someone staring us in the face saying, do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus? Are we willing to say that and to say yes? Yeah. We need to make sure we're protecting our kids in that way. We need to make sure that we're protecting ourselves in that way. Um, With everything going on, you know, in our everyday lives, but also in the world, you know, you have the war in Israel going on right now, which is really significant. And that's not a topic for today, but you know, it's just, you know, we never know. Jesus said the end, you know, it'll come like a thief in the night. Um, so we need to always continue to try to be prepared. And by being prepared, we need to continue to live a life for Jesus. We need to make sure that we're the ones raising up our children and not our, not Not the world, not the world. world. Yeah. I would throw the cell phones definitely into that. Our cell phones definitely don't need to be raising our kids. But unfortunately, it's the way that it is. You know, yeah. it's like you, 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 it used to be, let's throw the child in front of the TV, you know, just so that we can get some stuff done around the house. And now it's let's let them have free reign online so we can get some stuff done around the house. Ironically, I want to kind of leave this with a powerful reel I saw on Facebook. Yeah. So I was watching this video that came across, and it said our li- our daily lives. And the first part of the video showed an incident with a father, you know, walking with his son and setting him down and giving him like a little toy sword to play with. And then the father just sits there on the couch and starts surfing on his phone. And the kid just like sits there, and he gets bored really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then the next one goes to another scene of similar circumstance. You know, it's like taking him to soccer practice and, and, uh, 
you know, the, the dad sitting there on the sideline scrolling on his phone and the kid does something great in soccer practice and looks over to his dad and then the kid ends up hanging his head because his dad didn't see what he did. And then so on and so on. And, and then the second part of the video flips that. And it shows, okay, the dad gets home with this kid, hands the kid a little fake sword, and then he goes and picks up a little fake sword too and starts playing with mm-hmm. his son. And they just have really good interaction with each other. And then the same thing happens. He's engaged at the soccer game, sees it, cheers his kid on. You know, and it's like you just see the complete difference of when we let cell phones and tablets and the internet raise our kids, as opposed when we're involved with we can be that dopamine for them. We can be that that instant gratification in their life if we just remain present. So that scenario played out for me today because we watched like three or three soccer games today. Mm-hmm. And one of them, my kids weren't in, but their friends were. And so I was just, you know, kind of checked out, looking on my phone, uh, random stuff, verses and whatnot. But uh, the, I wasn't getting any uh, dope. Uh, I wasn't getting any excitement, you know, out of it. I was just like getting knowledge out of it, which was cool. But then at my daughter, my oldest daughter's soccer game, she, I had put the, I had just put the phone down and she goes from midfield and just whacks into the ball and scores a goal. And had I had my phone right there in my face, I would have completely missed that. And the feeling that overcame me watching that play out, watching my daughter make that goal was far more amazing than any feeling that I had previously on the cell phone. So... Yeah, that video speaks truth because it is true. <laughs> so I think we kind of just answered the question we posed at the beginning, which was, you know, how do we help protect our kids against a social media world? We set the example. And we also become more engaged. Yeah. If we, ha- if we engage our kids enough that our kids would rather spend time with us than spend time on the cell phone, I think we're doing a great job as parents. Yeah. I know. I I think that'd be awesome if my kid would be like, oh, no, not the phone right now, Dad. Let's go throw the ball. You know, it's a few years away from me. Yeah. Like, maybe mm-hmm. like two. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it's like, let's let's go out and play catch. Let's go out and do that. Like, those, those are the things I remember most with my dad when I was a kid. It was just a simple playing catch. I mean, gosh, for his, I think for his 60th birthday, I literally for his birthday went out and saw him and said, hey, Dad, let's have a catch. And we had a catch for the first time in years. And I remember that. Like, that's, even as the age I am now, like, that means so much to me to do that with my dad. And that's, I think, because of the world we grew up in, where we didn't have this social media dopamine. Our dopamine was literally engaging with others. And we need to try to get our kids back to doing that. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it on this one, guys. Um this was something that was just completely sparked this week out of um, chance by the circumstances that happened. And I think it was something that we really needed to talk about. Um, yeah. You know, something- it, it's, we, we have been talking about, you know, when, whenever we get together, we have been talking about, Oh, when you get your children's cell phones, is Caitlin going to get a cell phone? Soon? Yeah. And, and it's just, it has been ongoing conversation for months now. Yeah, and it's just like, and then you know, you see stuff like this unfold, and it's just it's scary, yeah. you know. And and it doesn't, it's going to be scary no matter what. But 
are we what are we doing what steps are we taking to make sure that that we are handling this the best way possible and being spiritually grounded is definitely the strongest step that we can make absolutely we belong to god now let's go be his yeah all right y'all have a good week Thank you for listening to Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can catch all of our new episodes. And please leave a review to help other people find our podcast.